0: Okay, this is a podcast on vaginal cancer, Um, a bit of background, and then we'll move into risk factors, histotypes, workup, staging, prognosis treatment, and um, this is all taken from Bearcat chapter. Vaginal cancers represent 1% to 3% of all GYN cancers. The vast majority are HPV-related, and over half of the HPV-related vaginal cancers are related to HPV 16 and 18. Women at risk include prior HPV infection or history of VIN, CIN, DES exposure, although this generation uh, of women has, I think, largely passed. Women with uh, tobacco use, increased age, low socioeconomic status. It's important to know that two-thirds of all vaginal cancers will be in the upper vagina. The most common would be squamous cell cancers. This is HPV-driven. Next most common would be adenocarcinoma, and this would be more prevalent in younger women or DES-exposed women. And then less common would be sarcoma, the most common of which would be rhabdosarcomas. And then finally, melanoma. This is different from the squamous cell types or the more common types of vaginal cancer in that a third, the distal third of the vagina is most commonly impacted. And these lesions can be non-pigmented. So you need to have an increased index of suspicion to biopsy any new or abnormal appearing lesions. So for women exposed to diethylstilbestrol in utero, the increased risk of adenocarcinomas of the vagina is about 40 times, um, with an incidence of 1 in 1,000. There's no precursor lesion, and um, from menarche to age 70, there is that risk. You would want to check HPV status per ASCCP guidelines. Um, age of onset in the DES exposed in utero cancers would be anywhere between age 7 and 48, with a median age of 19. Workup for vaginal cancers includes um, a careful local evaluation for metastatic disease as well as distant. So that would include a chest x ray at minimum, cysto, and procto. You may find that MRI and PET scans are helpful. Because of the anatomic location, CT scans may be a lot less helpful, unless you're concerned about lymphadenopathy. The lymphatic system for the vagina is important to understand because it has an impact on how you treat and and work up patients with vaginal cancer. So the upper vagina is very similar to the cervix in terms of lymphatic drainage, Anteriorly, lymphatics drain to the iliac region and the parametria. Posteriorly, the inferior gluteal, presacral, and anal rectal area. The distal vagina is similar more to the vulva. So inguinal and femoral um, lymphatic chains, and then finally the pelvic lymphatic chains. Mid-vagina could be anywhere so cervix or vulva-like. Vaginal cancers are clinically staged. And when looking at staging, so in general, think of it very simply as stage 1 is the vagina alone. Stage 2 are subvaginal tissues. Stage 3, pelvic sidewall or the lower third of the vagina. Stage 4A would be extension to pelvic organs. And stage 4B, distant metastasis. When looking at SEER data for five-year overall survival, stage one vaginal cancers, so vaginal confined, 75% of women are alive at five years. Subvaginal tissue involvement, stage two, 60% of women are alive at five years. Stage three, so pelvic sidewall, lower third of vagina, 35% of women are alive at five years. And no women are alive at five years if they have stage four disease, so a very dismal prognosis when advanced. In general, the upper vaginal tumors have a better prognosis than the mid or distal vaginal tumors, and this may be because of route of spread and the lymphatic drainage of the vagina. Anterior vaginal tumors uh, uh, and smaller tumors tend to have better prognosis, so tumors um, less than 4 centimeters in diameter. Squamous has a better prognosis than adeno. And when thinking about primary treatment, um, if it's very localized, you can consider surgery with or without RT. If not, then your treatment modalities include radiotherapy, uh, which can be brachytherapy with or without pelvic RT, with or without chemotherapy. There's really limited data on vaginal cancers because they're extremely rare, and they haven't been studied um, in prospective trials. Largely, data are um, abstract, extracted from, or extrapolated from cervix, which is also another f- relatively rare tumor. Um, so that's important to keep in mind when you're crafting and individualizing a treatment plan, is that there are some limitations to what we understand about these tumors. Um, modes of surgery can include uh, wide local excisions, upper vaginectomy. You can use leap type um, technology. And when considering if you've done a biopsy or an excision, um, less than two millimeters of invasion is considered micro invasion. Greater than two millimeters of invasion would likely go, would require more therapy. So if you have a vaginal confined lesion with less than two millimeters of invasion, you might be able to, um, offer treatment with surgery alone for your patient, which is a very narrow threshold, to be honest. And then greater than two millimeters, you're looking at multimodality therapy. Our very best data, as I mentioned, are series on vaginal cancer. So it's really hard to draw conclusions. So this is a highly individualized treatment course that you would work out with your patient. Um, in the literature, surgery ranged from wide-local excisions to exenterations versus RT. Surgery may have better survival profiles, but this may be a selection bias in the studies, meaning the patients that were selected for surgery were perhaps the earlier stage better risk prognosis uh, patients. Uh, in general, for stage one, wide-local excision or a vaginectomy of superficial lesions is reasonable. You need to consider with invasive lesions, rad hist pelvic lymph node dissection, and even paraortic lymph node dissection. If there's distal vaginal involvement, you need to consider inguinal femoral lymph node dissection because of lymphatic drainage of the distal vagina. And really, you should not plan surgery unless you anticipate negative margins. For stage 2, it's very similar to stage 1, except you're going to consider parametrectomy, paracolpectomy, Um, because of the risk of lymphatic spread of of an upper vaginal tumor. And then stage three and four, you would look at exonerative type procedures, and this is not the preferred strategy. Um, And again, These are series only in the literature, but again, an exonerative procedure should be a last resort procedure in the absence of other reasonable options. And in a patient who's chemotherapy and radiotherapy naive, an exoneration primarily would not be recommended. There is a paper by Borino that looked at 48 women with locally advanced vaginal cancers. And this paper advocated planned local resection followed by RT to help avoid exoneration and reported a 72% five-year overall survival. And only five patients went on to need exenteration. So, in local, um, in locally advanced vaginal cancers, so those would be stage one and two, and possibly even three, depending on resectability. Um, surgery would be reasonable, and then to clean up the area, the treatment fields with um, RT. There are a series of studies by Perez et al. Um, that look at RT. And these studies show that it is perhaps okay for brachytherapy alone for stage 1 vaginal cancers. And again, um, if they're only superficially invasive. And I think this is based on cylinder cylinder ther- brachytherapy. It achieves a depth of 5 millimeters of, um, of treatment. And um, a cylinder would allow for total treatment of the vaginal tract. Um, If this was more than superficially invasive, then brachytherapy wouldn't be sufficient. Mm. So as long as your lesions less than or equal to 5 millimeters in thickness, you could do that. Uh, Your treatment plan would be 60 gray um, total with a 20 gray boost to the primary tumor. Uh, For any tumors that are more than 5 millimeters uh, in thickness, between 5 millimeters and a centimeter, you could do cylinder but also include interstitial implants with um, a template. And that would be a dose of 80 gray to the vaginal mucosa and um, an additional 80 gray to go beyond that 5 millimeters depth uh, to the deepest tumor. Um, when looking at stage one and two, your dose goals with pelvic RT and brachy would be twenty gray whole pelvis, fifty gray to the parametria, and total tumor dose to sterilize the tumor would be eighty gray. So you would plan out your fields um, probably very similarly to vul- similarly to vulva because there's a risk um, with more with these more invasive vaginal cancers for pelvic nodal involvement um, pre nodal involvement and even inguinal femoral nodal involvement. Um, and so you would use this, you do whole pelvis to a lower gray to shield and protect your, um, adjacent organs. You'd boost the parametria, um, likely with brachy and then do cylinder to the tumor. And in that way you would not expose all of the pelvic organs to, um, potentially very toxic radiation doses. Just as a reminder, we know that the ovary can tolerate maybe 10 to 20 gray, the small bowel to 45, the rectum 30 to 45, depending on what source you use. Um, So cannot get the entire tumor sterilized adequately um, and safely if you use just pelvic RT. So dose goals with stage two to three would be 50 gray to the pelvis, which is about your maximum for pelvic RT, and a 60 gray parametrial boost so, just slightly higher with, again, 80 grade total to the tumor. So, you're going to boost more to the pelvis, probably for nodal sterilization as well as parametria. With primary RT, this Perez et al. series of studies noted um, efficacy as related to five year overall survival stage one, 70 to 80%, stage two, 30 to 70, stage three, 30 to 50, and stage four, 0 to 30. So indicating that RT potentially salvages um, even the more at-risk patients. Um, Author Orton did some SEER data series looking at over 2,000 patients, mostly with squamous cell subtype. Half of the patients had pelvic RT plus brachy and half had pelvic RT alone. And looked at overall survival and showed that women who received no brachy, just the pelvic RT, had an overall survival um, of 3.6 years, versus women who received the brachy and the pelvic RT, their overall survival was six years, showing that brachy is a really important component to the treatment of vaginal cancer. When looking at whether chemo RT versus RT alone is uh, has higher efficacy, there is a NCDB study looking at over 8,000 patients um, who were treated with RT, and this included some women who had RT after surgery. So half of those women received chemo-RT and half had RT alone. Overall survival in the chemo-RT-treated patients was 56 months versus 41 months in RT alone, showing that chemo plus RT improved overall survival in all stage vaginal cancers, but a little less so in stage 1. And that would make sense because they are going to probably do better regardless, so you haven't necessarily further enhanced their outcomes. Um, and so the bottom line from this series of papers is give chemo with your RT. Um, and the study really didn't split hairs. This is a rare tumor. Um, some patients did have surgery. So again, this is something to be individualizing with your patient, but it's a poor prognosis tumor in general. And so um, tailoring their adjuvant th- therapy after surgery to chemo with or without RT is, um, or to RT with or without chemo is reasonable. Um, recurrence rates. So stage one, uh, you're looking at 10 to 20% local regional recurrence and roughly 10% distant recurrence. 5% of patients will have both local and distant. So highest risk in stage one is a local recurrence. Stage two, 30 to 40% local recurrence, and then 10 to 20% distant recurrence, and about a third of patients both. So the minute you jump into Um, subvaginal tissue involvement of a tumor, you have a very tangible risk of local and distant recurrence, which really is the rationale for adjuvant therapy, even if they have a successful surgery with negative margins. And again, it's too rare cancer, I think, to be able to slice and dice um, depth of invasion, size of primary tumor, um, histology, and margin status, and all of the things that we look at in other cancers. Stage 3 and 4 disease... Um, 70%, so almost three-fourths of patients will recur or have persistent disease. So again, bad prognosis, um, Tailor your therapy to try and improve quality of life and outcomes, but most will not be alive at five years. Um, Clear cell cancers of the vagina, just not much data out there, but there is um, a series of three papers by Sinek Gian et al., The first paper was stage one, the second stage two, and the third was an exempt series. Um, Basically looked looked at stage one and noted that with local excision, about half of patients will recur uh, with clear cell histology. Brachy, with or without local excision, about a third of patients recur. So you can reduce the recurrence rate by adding brachy to surgery. And this is all in stage one. And maybe 10% will recur if the excision is... um, a radical excision. Stage two patients, um, five-year overall survival with surgery about 80%, with RT about 87%, and with surgery and RT about 85%. So I'm not sure what to make of this, except that I think clear cells, uh, vaginal cancers are poor prognosis in general, um, and probably surgery and not necessarily chemo sensitive or even RT sensitive, um, your general five-year overall survival is not much different with the addition of adjuvant therapy. Uh, Vaginal melanoma, most studies show no difference across treatment strategies. Um, Some studies tend to show a slight difference with surgery, radical versus conservative with radical being a better outcome. And the Bearcat textbook favors conservative surgery followed by systemic treatment, secondary to high rates of uh, metastases and a poor prognosis. Um, and that would make sense. Going for radical surgery in a poor prognosis tumor just puts patients through a lot of morbidity and not necessarily in a benefit. Um, and in stage three to four vaginal melanoma, immunotherapy is the standard of care. And this um, is based on an ASCO pubs article by Mario Lateo looking at vulvovaginal melanomas. Um, it's important to know with vulvo-vaginal melanomas that CKIT is altered in about a third, but you can you know, because they're not clearly a cutaneous or a mucosal melanoma, Um, it's important to sequence these tumors. And if they have um, BRAF, uh, V600E mutations or CKIT mutations, you would target um, CKIT-directed therapy or even BRAF-directed therapy. Um, But immunotherapy is where you would go.